Welcome to another episode of Propcast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shionbala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Bimba? Cool, 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 cool. It's good. Still in lockdown, lockdown mode. <laughs> but yeah. the, brain, the brain is beginning to fire up now, so it's all good. I'm happy. That's good, that's good. You know what they say, this is the perfect time to get into property. Don't be fooled by, you know, everything that's going on. This is a great time to, to do your research, to get to know your you know, areas where you can find deals and uh, just generally build relationships. So even though we are in lockdown, I'm, I'm fully utilizing the opportunity to build my team and build relationships. And uh, one of the results of that is a conversation that we're about to have with a good friend. Cool. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's about time to welcome our guest to the show. So I think I'll let you do that, Dami, actually. Of course. So one of the things that we have been seeing over the news because of COVID-19 is the property market and how everything is somewhat stalled or it would seem that things have somewhat stalled. You know, the government have introduced lots of measures, the banks have introduced lots of measures, and quite unprecedented moves have been made, actually. So today we've got a good friend who goes by the name of Mo Al-Hakim. He's a mortgage broker. He's a property investor. Looking forward to having a conversation with him to discuss all things mortgages and uh, just get, you know, just give us an update on, on what's going on out there. So without much further ado, Good afternoon, Mo. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good, Dami and Bim. How are you guys doing? Okay. We're surviving COVID. <laughs> Just about, <laughs> huh? <laughs> are you doing your 5,000 steps, keeping fit still, or are you binging like me? No, binging. Definitely binging. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not, I don't even feel bad because by the time we come out of lockdown, I'm not going to be the only one that would have put on some weight. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. definitely it's uh it's it's an interesting one isn't it so yeah so mo how have you been how's uh how's how's business and how how are things with you um it's been pretty crazy but in a in a good and a bad way so obviously with covid you know there have been you know you can't you can't be around the bush and there are a lot of changes that are happening with the, the vast majority of lenders um things happening on a daily basis sometimes on a weekly basis when it first all kicked off um i would definitely say that there was a bit of panic uh across all the the mainstream lenders and even sort of the more specialist buy to let lenders but uh, we are definitely now seeing them begin to relax um a lot of lenders are now increasing their criterias again um which is obviously opening up opportunities um and a lot of my clients are taking advantage of these opportunities because they're finding some really good properties out there and obviously there's hardly any competition against them so you know if you look properly and you do your due diligence and you speak to the right people and you've got a good team around you you could get yourself some really good deals right now um but yeah that's sort of the general outlook at the minute and so when you say good deals are you talking about good as in mortgages and i would say more good deals around properties i would say right now you know 
if, if, if you if you search properly you can find some good opportunities right, right. Um, because there's just the market it has slowed down you know the, uh, there aren't the stocks quite low but also there isn't any buyers out there so yeah um I, if you you know if you're a property investor you can mm. still the, the positive thing is that you can still purchase properties and you can still get mortgages of course yeah. it's a bit more difficult i would say um but you know if you've got the right person to help you then you should be okay yeah no, i think that's very key that you've said that because as we know and based on trend when there's uncertainty in the market when people don't know what's going on you know not sure you know if there's going to be a recession or not you're not sure about what which way the market's going most i mean let's just say half of the people that are investors or should i say maybe more of the less experienced ones would pull out or they would be a bit skeptical about investing whereas the more experienced investors will see that as an opportunity and as a result be able to pick up some really good deals um so i am particularly looking forward to doing deals during um and during this lockdown and possibly afterwards as well because yeah i totally agree with you there should be some good deals out there. But mm. I suppose even if there are good deals, the next question then would be, well, what about funding for those deals? How does, how does one, let's even assume you are able to get a really good deal or you're able to snap a property and there's not that much competition. How do you get funding with everything else that's going on right now? Mm. Um, I, I would say the biggest obstacle right now that a lot of the lenders are facing are valuations. Um, well, obviously, you can't do a physical valuation with the, with the lockdown. Um, however, they are overcoming this with doing desktop valuations. Um, so as a result of that, you can still get a mortgage. Um, so some lenders are even able to lend, whilst others are saying that we'll do all the, the full application right now, but wait until um, after the lockdown to do the final valuation. Um, so the lenders are trying to be as flexible as possible. Uh, of course, the more the more um, complex the deal and the property, um, obviously that's going to slightly delay things. You know, if it's a straightforward, let's say, single let purchase or remortgage, then you are going to find lenders out there with good competitive products still available. Um, but, but maybe something a bit more complex, you might struggle a bit more with that mm-hmm. i've got a question um i've got a question about lending during this time so i've wondered about and i don't know if you spoke about this dummy last week but i wondered about people that have short-term lending at the moment or people that are on bridge loans before the lockdown um before we got into lockdown so let's say for example we uh, someone has bought a property in january They've got gone into a fixed, um, into a short-term loan or a bridge loan, uh, and they had every plan to remortgage this property and get a conventional mortgage and pay back the bridge loan. Say, let's say by June of this year, and unfortunately, everything's everything's digital at lockdown. There's probably no work going on to the property that they've bought or whatever their their reason for buying is. Are they are the short-term lenders? Are they extending any kind of payment holidays um, to people like the traditional lenders? Are they going to, like, what is happening in that space? Because I've just always wondered um, what's happening in, you know, in that space for people that, are, that have short-term loans. Yeah, so there, 
there is they are trying to be as flexible as possible um so although it's not as straightforward as let's say the mainstream lenders where anyone can really get a payment holiday um but bridging lenders are understanding the situation um so they are trying to be as flexible as possible um however saying that as well there are still opportunities to remortgage those bridging finance loans with a conventional uh, lender because there are lenders out there to be honest that are still lending so but of course it, it all just kind of depends on the deal and 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 so on but with you know with typically in an ideal scenario anyway let's say you're on a 12 year 12 month bridging term you know you're not going to really want to remortgage at 11 months so most people tend to remortgage around you know the the refurb with me takes 6 months and then they'll decide to remortgage then and you know by the time everything completes you're still within the 12 months so that that's that you know the, the majority of my clients that's where they're at um but you know the odd cases you know that you just ha- you would ha- need to speak to the lender directly to be honest they're not even sort of allowing us to really speak on their behalf because it, it, they need to speak to the actual borrower and, and discuss what what the situation is basically right uh, you know what i mean because if if you're if, if reality is you know the lockdown's only been a month so if you're let's say on month 11 and you're now deciding to remortgage you know you clearly not within your time scales of what you hoped to achieve yeah. i would say i hope that I answers your question yeah i mean it does and i mean it's good to know that the lenders are going to apply some level of flexibility yeah i think it's all down to a case by case basis you know if if they yeah. can see that you know the, the the only delay is down to covid-19 then there will be a sense of flexibility of course if they see that actually no the delay is just because of your you know maybe you're not doing the maybe your negligence essentially then oh. it may be not going to be that much flexibility on their end right right well, thanks so thanks mo uh, that's been insightful so far i'm um, so moving on to to mortgage holidays and um this is this is a word which has been banded around and um i think it's caused quite a bit of confusion both from the landlord's perspective or property investor perspective landlord perspective and also a tenant's perspective you know what what is a mortgage holiday and what does it do for you as as a homeowner as a landlord and and how does it help in in your opinion essentially it's a um not a, i wouldn't say it's a freeze of your mortgage but that payment is just added on to the loan so um so the the, the the like the actual mortgage payment is retained on to the mortgage itself so a lot of conf- where where we saw a lot of confusion happening especially in the beginning especially for let's say our standard residential uh clients that maybe we just did a a residential mortgage for rather than the more investors they thought it was essentially they don't need to pay their mortgage and it's an exemption and they were getting excited and saying actually yeah, can you can you do this for us but then once i explained to them actually it's not an exemption you're still going to have to pay it it just gets added to the loan and also therefore the interest is also going to increase as a result and therefore we started seeing a lot of our clients stop doing that um 
where what I you know my advice to anyone out there that's thinking of getting a mortgage holiday is that it's there for a reason. If you really need it, do it. If you don't need it, don't do it. Because um, another aspect that people need to realize is that although it's not affecting your credit score in, in the sense that they're not going to treat it as a late payment, however, it's still going to be on your credit score that you took a mortgage holiday. So it can affect your future applications. Really? So yeah. that's interesting because... Yeah. Again, this is why, you know, I said there are mixed messages. I, I've heard it said that it won't affect your credit score. But if it is on your credit score and, you know, with with the way modern technology is, most decisions are made by a computer. If that is fed into a computing system, which is deciding whether you're viable for a mortgage or not, could that affect future, um, potentially future mortgage applications then? Potentially, potentially. So I, I believe it could personally, of course, you know, my, my, what I'm saying isn't gospel, but um, I think it can uh, have an effect to be honest, uh, because we are seeing, for example, I did an application recently where they even asked the question, like, have you got uh, put any of your mortgages on, on mortgage holiday? And essentially if you said yes, you don't get the mortgage. So wow. yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a tough one. So even though, they they're not they're saying that it's not going to go on the you know the credit agencies aren't going to consider it and the lenders are saying that they're not going to treat it as a late payment i do feel that it can have an effect so i would personally say that unless you really need it i would avoid it personally and and i don't see i don't think it makes any sense to do it anyway because unless for example you're you you can't pay it essentially um you know, you're still going to pay your, your interest is actually going to increase because that amount of money is all going to get lumped into the loan and just added onto it. So that's three months worth of mortgage and interest added on, which is then going to get interest on the whole loan. So kind of just take that into account before making your decision. Sorry, I, th Ma, I think I missed one of the things that you said. Um, did you say that even though it's not necessarily going to affect your credit as showing as a late payment, it will show as a non-payment? Is that what you said? Yeah, the lenders will have the ability to see whether you took a payment holiday, essentially. Ah, uh, okay. So, so, of course, it's down to their discretion. That's the thing. So, they haven't said that it's definitely going to affect you. So, it mm. might not affect you. But I would say definitely one lender to another. I, I, I think some will, uh, down to their discretion, can uh, uh, potentially not lend as a result and some might not care so it just depends really okay but then the question then is so with respect to the payment holiday one of the things that the banks have said is um, you either can take a payment holiday or you can part pay your your mortgage so in the case where you've taken you haven't taken a payment holiday as in you're not making any payment but you've paid part of your mortgage how do you think that would show or appear on your credit file? Because you've actually made some payment, you just haven't made mm. up the minimum payment. Do you have any views oh, on that? I'm actually not too sure to tell you the truth how that would work out as um, mm. whether that would whether like lenders would have access to that kind of information. So it depends. So it, it just depends on how it gets logged. Is it going to get logged as, for example, as part of a a payment holiday type scheme? Mm. 
or is it yeah. just going to be true i think i think it can have an effect personally i do believe that of course it may not have a, an effect with all the lenders some lenders might not care about it but I think some lenders will begin to discriminate based on stuff like that. That's yeah, I think that, that would be quite unfair if they did that. Because I mean, so I, I we talked about this last week, and I mentioned that I had to I've had to take a payment holiday, mm. and whilst I and and I suppose my reasons for um, taking payment holiday is because um, in fact I had um, tell me uh, you know tell me the way I had I had this refurbishment that I was um, doing for literally the last few months mm. and literally came to the very end of it, I think the beginning of March. So I was refurbishing a three bed house into a five bed HMO. So yeah. did all the refurbishment, got all of the license, the, the certificate of completion from building regs, planning, everything, staged the properties, literally was ready to rent it out, got their state agent to come and take pictures. And then the, the government gave the directive for the lockdown. Now, the point at which we got at that point was we were literally, because we, I think we also overran on the project by um, a month or so. So our cash flow, which we started, it was coming, was very thin. So it was literally at the point where on a good day, we would have just had people take up the property. We would have just been able to get started with it. And, with, and then with the lockdown, meaning that all of our viewings were cancelled, no viewings, no one was coming, no one was going. Uh, and the fact that I didn't want a situation where we were totally didn't have any cash at all. So I then applied, I called the mortgage and I, you know, I applied for the payment holiday because as far as I'm concerned, like there's no point. We're not making money from this property. We're going to be paying, and we had been paying the mortgage as well. So it wasn't even a case where we hadn't, but we had been paying the mortgage for months. I needed to take the payment holiday. So I, I have done. And, and so that's one. Then I have another um, situation where I've asked for the payment holiday, not necessarily because I felt I needed the holiday, as in it wasn't dire, but across my portfolio, I've decided that actually if I can get a bit of break on this too, but then what I did say to the lender is I'm happy to pay some of the interest payment rather than not take the holiday at all. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's something that I'm wondering, okay, how does that affect, you know, on one hand, I had a situation where I needed to take a payment holiday just to help my cash flow. On the other hand, I've requested to do part payment just to give me a bit of a breathing room so that I'm not too stretched financially, yeah. you know, and it would be good to know that in the, in a year's time or after the lockdown, as I go into my next investment, the lenders don't then say no to me because I've had to do that because it was necessary for me to do that. Um, Bim, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one because it's. I personally think that it's not a set law. It's not like, for example, a CCJ or a or a DR mm. or something like that, where it's like a set law across all lenders. Where if you've got a CCJ, you know, for the next twelve months, you, at least you can't do nothing. And then what? some have you got make you wait six years. Some make you wait one year. So it all depends on. I would say lender to lender. So yeah. some lenders, you know, I can imagine, for example, the lenders that are quite keen on very pristine credit scores, let's say your uh, Nationwides and Santander's who, who, you know, can discriminate over the smallest of things may not like the fact that you took a payment holiday, but then maybe your specialist lenders that don't really care if you have a CCJ right now, you know, they, they still lend, they may not care as much. So what, what, what I'm trying to say is that 
you know, taking a payment holiday may not give you the widest amount of lenders to choose from if you did decide to go down, you know, if you did decide to get a mortgage uh, or for whatever reason. Of course, I might not be right because there's nothing out there yet to say that it's definitely going to happen. But we are seeing that, for example, I was just looking at one of my emails. So it was part of the offer. It actually said that it's, it seemed to suggest basically that if, if you've taken a mortgage holiday or if you're looking to take a mortgage holiday, they basically won't approve this remortgage. So, yeah, so that's the, th- that's the th- thing. So, so I can see, I mean, from a lender's perspective, I can see where they may be a bit nervous about that because... It but, but why should they be nervous? Like, it's not an indication of how well or how good you are in managing your investment and your project. It's pretty much, if you're, I mean, depending on what kind of, um, um, it, it depending on what kind of portfolio you have, it's mm. something that is a pandemic. Like every single person is, course, in, yeah. is affected. Of course. Yeah, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to say. Mm. I, I, I would say that it's just one of them things where if you, as I said, if you need to do it, do it. If you don't need to do it, don't do it. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say in that. If, if, if you don't feel it's necessary, then why put yourself through that kind of risk? That's the reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? The other thing as well is that, so if we were, I guess, if we, if we were the ones behind the machine processing these applications, that level of discretion is there. The mortgage holiday was taken during the pandemic. So really, it was only because of the pandemic. And, you know, actually, before that, the mortgage payments were faultless. After that, the mortgage payments have been faultless. But nowadays, everything is done by a computer or a machine using artificial intelligence. And all of those things is very black and white. You know, com- uh, computers are very, z- it's, it's binary, it's yes or no. And uh, sometimes these are the things that can affect your applications going forward. But like I said, we don't know, you know, we don't know what Nobody types knows. of uh, processes that uh, that the banks are going to put in place. But I think what Mo has said is is interesting. You know, if you if you need it, take it. If not, then um, don't don't take it. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for the insight, Mo. I think it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's uh, it's yes. very muddied waters. So I guess um, uh, our second thing which we wanted to cover, which you've covered some of it already, was so in terms of lending across from all the different providers that we have, I know early on at the beginning of COVID, a lot of lenders pulled out the mortgages that were available. So the buy-to-lets, and actually you told me in a conversation we were having, a lot of the lenders pulled out you know, these, these buy-to-let products. So what's that looking like now as we've gone a bit more into COVID-19 and um, banks are starting to, to ease up a little bit? Um, it's, it's good. It's good, actually. So, you know, you've got the likes of NatWest, TMW, they're all still lending up to 75%. They may ha- but what, where I would say the challenge may be is if you've got, for example, multi-unit block of flats or, for example, a HMO, um, that's where you may find it a little bit harder to get the right type of lending because those sort of mainstream banks don't typically do that kind of thing. Like TMW have put on hold all their HMO lending, but they're still doing your sort of single lets and so on. Um, is there a reason for that, Mo? I, I think it's because of they perceive HMOs as being more of a complex product. 
So, uh, so therefore, if there's if there's um, on uh, like unease within the market, they tend to be a bit more difficult around that. So, single lets for them is straightforward business. It's low risk. It's one tenant. You know what I mean? Because that's that's how they perceive it. Because they a HMO, you're going to require five tenants to go in there. If loads of people are losing their jobs, which that's what they'll probably be looking at in terms of their risk assessments, then those people aren't going to be able to pay you as a HMO landlord. So therefore, you're having to deal with, let's say, five or six tenants rather than just the one. It's just more risk. That's the thing. So therefore, they're putting all these things on hold right now. And, And another aspect of it, and it's a big aspect, is the valuation side of things. So single lets, you know, the fluctuations in terms of whether the prices go up and down are always going to be less than HMOs. So, you know, with HMOs, if, if suddenly there's a, 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 a market where there's loads of stock, but not that many tenants requiring those rooms, then the property of HMOs will probably go down and vice versa. You know, if there's loads of tenants, then it'll go up. Whereas with single lets, it's more straightforward. And, and because it's straightforward business right now, they'll prefer to look at that. Um, however, saying that, you know, you can still get, don't get me wrong. So Keystone, for example, they're still lending at 75%. They're doing HMOs. They're doing everything as it was, to be honest. They haven't even changed. Paragon haven't changed anything. Um, so you've still got quite a few really good lenders out there, good rates good, uh, that are still lending. The only challenge is um, for HMOs, the, nearly all, I would say all uh, lenders are saying that they have to do a physical valuation. So therefore, you would just need to wait until things open up and they'll just do the valuation. However, for single let properties, uh, a lot of lenders are happy with desktop valuation. So you can actually still get the mortgage now. You don't have to wait until lockdown finishes. Yeah, that, that makes sense, actually. I think the bit about the valuation makes a lot of sense because it's, it's quite difficult to do a desktop valuation on anything complex like HMO, exactly. commercial and stuff, whereas it's easier to just do that on a, on a single layer. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. But I would say overall, the market is good and things are picking up. And I'll definitely say there's a, a lot more flexibility literally on a daily basis. Like every day, like Santander literally started doing buy-to-let business uh, just two days ago. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, lenders are now increasing their loan to value back up to eighty five percent, seventy five percent. So you know, whereas before, when it first all kicked off, they all restricted it to sixty percent. Um, mm. So, which is definitely a good sign. And I, I you know, I, and I would definitely say, if you do have a good deal, don't worry that you might not get lending. That's I think you can still get a mortgage and you know, it, there might be slight delays in, in the whole application process, but um, you can still get the lending you want. I would say. Excellent. That's quite, I mean, that's positive. That's really positive news um, to, to hear that business is picking up slowly and surely. Hopefully when we come out of lockdown or the sooner we come out of lockdown, the better for everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that, it's going to be once lockdown finishes um you're going to suddenly see a massive 
push from the lenders to release money. Because they're going to have all this money, basically, that's tied up. Um, and, and suddenly now they need to use it. So they, you're going to see, I mean, rates are already great right now. I mean, rates are as low as they've ever been. But I think you're going to have even better rates, better, maybe more free valuation, more better products out there. Um, I think underwriting as well is going to get become a lot easier because that's the thing, you know, one, one thing as a mortgage broker you go through is, is, is underwriters. One, one of the challenges we're finding right now is, um, you know, underwriters are just looking for sometimes any reason to decline cases. Um, mm. Unless it's pristine, you know, they'll, they'll decline it essentially. So, um, however, I think that's going to be the opposite once, the, uh, once we're out of isolation because I think they're all going to want to lend. So they'll just be basically pumping that money. So, so good time to look for good deals now so that as soon as everything's ready to go, you can move quickly. I love Great. that. <laughs> Lovely to hear about good deals. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, it's been great talking to you, Mo. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you um, to discuss mortgage applications, to pick your brains about products and you know what they can do with any prospective any prospective deal they have or maybe even their first time buyer and they're looking at what options they can they can do you know which patterns they can approach and so on and so forth where do, where can they get in touch with you mate i'm on all the uh, major platforms so linkedin facebook and uh, instagram um the company uh, is called richmond premier uh if they want to have a look at the website they can get in contact through there as well um, and, um, you know, happy to pass on my personal contact details. If there's a way, maybe in sort of like a description box or something like that, uh, for, for anyone that wants further information, um, just a bit about us. I mean, we're a whole of market broker, so we work with all the lenders. We're directly authorized. Um, and we do all aspects of property related funding, whether you're literally a first time buyer looking to purchase your first property as a residential. Uh, to buy to let uh, all the way up to even sort of offshore expat business um, uh, and bridging and development finance and, uh, and all, all your needs. Um, and lastly, we also have an, another element of our business, a bit out of different from property, but uh, life insurance, um, which we're seeing a massive spike right now. <laughs> a lot of my clients seem to be <laughs> wanting life insurance right now. I'm not sure whether it's to do with COVID. Pretty sure it, it is. Um, but uh, there's a lot of opportunities if you've got, especially if you are a portfolio um, uh, landlord, um, you know, have it, having the right type of uh, life policy set up could really help uh, eliminate certain inheritance tax um, and certain things like that. But anyway, I won't go into it too much. But if you've got any questions, um, yeah, feel free to get in touch with me on all those platforms. Maybe that will be another episode, Mo, where we discuss life insurance and setting up inheritance tax and uh, making sure you protect your assets from the tax yeah. man when you pass on. So maybe we'll uh, get you on for another episode and we discuss that. Yeah, absolutely. More than happy to do that. Excellent. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in learning about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll get all of that into the show notes. So we, uh, we'll make sure that anyone uh, who wants to get in touch with you can. And uh, they need to make sure that they let you know that they heard from you from podcast. Thanks a lot, Mo. Uh, once again, really good to have you on. 
Bimbala. It's been a pleasure to discuss once again. And this is, again, our second episode podcast. And we'll look forward to talking to you again very soon. Cool. And if this is your first time listening, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to us on every podcast listening platform. We're on there. Thanks and peace out. Bye. Take care, guys.